Hello, and welcome to Connor's Crash Course, where we talk about and discuss all types of different topics. I'm your host, Connor, and today we're going to talk about virtual reality. Now, even though it started out as a topic of science fiction, it has now evolved into something that many people use today. While it is mainly associated with gaming, it actually has many applications in the real world, and with all the advancements made in the field, the future is seemingly becoming more VR-dependent. But is this really going to happen? Sit back and relax as we take a deep dive into virtual reality and decide how much of this is science fiction and how much is science fact. Before we get into the meat and bones of this podcast and answer the question at hand, we need to first talk about the history behind it. While some of the technology behind virtual reality has been around since the 1960s, the word virtual reality wasn't coined until 1987 by the founder of the Visual Programming Lab, Jaron Lehner, at least according to the Virtual Reality Society. From there, it continued to grow, and eventually Oculus hit the scene, specifically in 2010, when a man named Palmer Lucky gets set on the path of making the Oculus Rift, and in 2012, when he actually started the Oculus Kickstarter, raising $2.5 million. The next big moment then occurs in 2014, when Facebook buys Oculus, and PlayStation announced they would also be making a virtual reality headset. But these virtual reality headsets didn't get released until 2016, and once they did, there was no going back. This is when virtual reality hit a turning point. It was here when virtual reality started to be truly seen in the public's eye and started to take off as other companies proceeded to try and jump on the trend, such as Apple, leading to where we are today with the metaverse. We now understand how it came to be, but how does it actually work? On a basic level, there are just four main components that make a virtual reality headset work. Those four components are the sensors, the lenses, the audio, and the controllers. The sensors are the guides that make sure everything is running smoothly. They are used to constantly track the user's input so that the experience is as smooth and realistic as possible. The number of sensors on a virtual reality headset varies depending on the type that you are using. The lenses, on the other hand, are the entrance to this virtual world. By mimicking how our eyes perceive the world, the lenses are able to create a three-dimensional environment for us to explore and experience. Next is the audio, which is what keeps you immersed in the virtual world. Most headsets use spatial and binaural audio that makes it seem as realistic as possible. Spatial audio is just audio that is based on the environment around you, so how far away something is or if there's any objects in front of it that would impede the sound. While binaural audio is based around playing different sounds in different ears depending on what is going on in the around you. Finally, there are the controllers, which are your way of interacting with the world. They're constantly changing and adapting, and have evolved from just simple joystick-based controllers to haptic gloves that can perform full-on hand tracking. All of those parts are extremely important to the functionality of virtual reality headsets, and without them, virtual reality just wouldn't be the same. Now that we understand the background information about virtual reality, we can now talk about how it is actually used. While originally it was mainly used for gaming, it has evolved to be an important part of many different jobs and fields, such as medicine, military, sports, flight, education, and much more. So let's start off with how it is used in the medical field. 
Virtual reality has been used for a while now in the medical field. The main example of this is seen in practicing surgeries due to the fact it allows them to practice without needing to use actual bodies. It has also started to be used for more advanced surgeries as well, such as cochlear implant surgery, but has had very little results compared to that of a normal, more basic surgical training, at least according to Martin Frendo and other doctors in the field. On top of that, it has been used as a healthy alternative to medication, especially to those who require large amounts of medications in order to lessen pain. According to Haruka Matamatsu, a medical student at the time, it is reasonable to conclude that the VR technology could improve modern healthcare by reducing the use of medications and helping patients experience less pain during medical procedures. Another example of this is seen in a research paper done by doctors about how virtual reality can help patients experiencing chronic pain. In their paper, they said the virtual reality experience was found here to provide a significant amount of pain relief, at least according to Dr. Ted Jones. Overall, it has benefited people throughout the entire medical field, but how does it stack up to another life-saving field, such as the military? In the military, it is normally hard to teach soldiers how to respond and react to certain situations on the battlefield without actually experiencing it, which is where virtual reality comes in. Virtual environments have been used to teach them techniques and skills they would need to know on the battlefield, such as learning how to work and make decisions as a team, at least according to the Virtual Reality Society. On top of that, it has been used to also teach medics how to treat certain situations such as bullet wounds and explosions. Once again, virtual reality has revolutionized the way jobs have been taught, but how does it compare to the jobs in the sports industry where it isn't a necessity? In the sports world, especially at the college and professional levels, virtual reality has been used to both boost interest in training and help athletes perform better in some cases. According to a research paper done on how virtual reality can affect college sports, it was found that it can improve the technical level and training quality of college sports athletes, all of which was determined due to the data and surveys Dan Lee and other statisticians gathered. More specifically, there has been research done about the effect virtual reality would have on more niche sports such as cross-country skiing, and has found that sports training systems based on VR can stimulate the enthusiasm of ski training, at least according to Professor Wayne Chan, showing that virtual reality even has some applications in more underappreciated sports. So overall, virtual reality seems to help increase a person's desire to train along with helping them perform better in general, showing that once again, VR is changing the job industry for the better. While most of the jobs I've talked about up to this point are pretty new to using VR, one such industry has used it for decades, that being piloting. Even before virtual reality really became a thing, flight simulations have been around for years due to the fact that it allowed them to practice flying without actually putting anyone in danger. One of the earliest ones was the Link Trainer, which was made in 1929, at least according to Britannica. It was actually made to simulate what a cockpit feels and looks like to accurately demonstrate what a plane would do in certain situations. Of course, from there, the technology behind it has only advanced and become more realistic. While technically it doesn't use the virtual reality headsets in the normal setup that I've talked about before, it does use the same technology as virtual reality headsets, so it still counts, once again showing that virtual reality is useful when it comes to allowing people to practice for dangerous jobs without actually putting themselves in harm's way, even before it became as advanced as it is today. Finally, we have its uses in education. The main way it is being used right now when it comes to education is in its ability to allow students to interact more with the topics they are studying. For example, a research paper was done on how much VR-based instructions help teach non-English speaking students how to write paragraphs in English and found that the students that got their instructions while using virtual reality did better than students that were taught the standard way, at least according to Farzanehe Kodabende, an educator at the time. 
Also, in more science and engineer-based classes, VR could be used to provide hands-on opportunities for students to participate in activities such as labs, at least according to Megan Wilkerson and other scientists. Finally, it also has uses on a more general level when it comes to teaching students. Today, there are such things as virtual reality classrooms that act as a more interactive and engaging way to learn that can supposedly substitute for normal teaching environments, at least according to mathematician Zhang Ying. However, interactive classrooms aren't just beneficial, as there are some downsides to it, such as its cost, the limits that come with it, and the lack of variety that it provides. So, VR does not always stick when it comes to changing the world we live in, but why doesn't it work in this case when it has worked in so many others? The answer to that is its downsides. Well, the last portion of this podcast has mainly been about how beneficial virtual reality is in many different fields, there are some negatives that come with it. First off is cyber sickness. Now, cyber sickness is basically a dizziness that a person feels after experiencing virtual reality for too long, almost like experiencing motion sickness when riding a roller coaster or riding in the back of a car. It's caused by your eyes seeing movement, but the rest of your body staying still, leading to confusion in the brain and as a result, nausea and dizziness. This is a large problem due to the fact it limits who can use VR and how much time can be spent in it, since if you start to feel sick after using it, how useful is it really? However, there is research being done about predicting when cyber sickness will occur by using body scans, at least according to scientist Alexander Yang. But this doesn't actually solve the problem, so if virtual reality is going to become a major staple of many different ways of life, this issue would need to be fixed. The next big problem with it is its cost. Like I brought up during the education section, VR is pretty expensive. According to Tabitha Baker, a normal VR headset costs about $300 to $600. While there are cheaper ones that cost from about $15 to $50, they don't have the same software and accessibility that a normal one has, so they wouldn't be that beneficial. In the case of education, if you were to take an average elementary school that had 475 students and bought a cheap virtual reality headset for each student at $15, that would still cost the school $7,125, and schools just don't have that kind of money. The cost for one school is already high on its own, but you also have to consider all the other schools that exist in the world, and the different levels of school that exist as well, such as middle and high school. So if virtual reality is to become more applicable to different parts of life, it needs to become less expensive. Finally, the last main problem that comes up with virtual reality is the addiction that comes with it. This addiction has many people worried about allowing their children to use such a thing, and according to the Virtual Reality Society, people become addicted to virtual reality games and as a consequence start to blur the boundary between real and virtual life. Now, when researching this topic, I haven't found much evidence supporting this claim, but once an opinion is formed, especially one at a young age, it is normally very hard to change it, at least according to scientist Masahiro Amukaza. So there would be a lot of backlash to incorporating virtual reality into daily activities such as school and sports due to this. Overall, if virtual reality is to become a main staple of daily life, three main problems need to be addressed. The cyber sickness that comes along with it, the high costs that come with it, and the negative public opinion that is associated with it. While those are the three main problems, there are other problems that are associated with it as well, such as its limited technology, but compared to the other problems, they aren't that big of an issue, so there really isn't a need to bring them up. So, virtual reality has many positive effects when it is being used in certain fields, but at the same time has many limitations that prohibit it from being extremely widespread. But just because it has so many limitations doesn't mean it is going to stop growing. So where is it heading in the future? Of course, some of the main things that are changing in the future is the technology behind it in order to make it as realistic as possible. Some examples of this include the addition of odor to virtual reality headsets, according to scientist Nicholas Archer, full-body haptic suits that allow you to feel the virtual world, and treadmills designed for virtual reality in order to allow the user to move in a realistic manner when traversing these worlds. 
Well, many of those examples exist now. They are either really expensive or in their testing stages, making them inapplicable for the use in daily life. Another big thing that is going on right now is the metaverse. Now, if you haven't heard of the metaverse for whatever reason, it is basically a virtual world that can be used by people and companies in order to interact with each other. According to certain studies, it is a cutting-edge technology with a lot to offer humanity, at least according to scientist A.J. Bale. Many companies have already jumped at the idea of it and incorporated it into their business model in order to make it more enjoyable and beneficial to customers. However, its stock prices has already dropped significantly, and its company is experiencing heavy layoffs, so we'll just have to wait and see whether this becomes the future of virtual reality or disappears, never to be heard of again. In conclusion, virtual reality is becoming more common in certain jobs and fields due to the safe learning space it provides, but is still limited due to the cost behind it and the health concerns paired with it as well. Virtual reality is still evolving, just like any other technology. Someday virtual reality may become a large part of our daily lives, but that time isn't today, and when, if it even comes, it will most likely be useful rather than harmful. So is a virtual reality-based dystopia that is heavily depicted in sci-fi novels going to be our future? No. But virtual reality is becoming more and more useful and incorporated into our daily lives, and maybe someday, just like phones, it will become a common thing that everyone uses, instead of something we should be worried about. Once again, thank you for listening to Connor's Crash Course. Hopefully you learned something new and enjoyed tuning in. Once again, I'm Connor, and I will see you all later.